If you're interviewing somebody and they have a gap in their employment, you can ask about it. I know some people are like, can I ask about this? You can totally ask about it. I was going to say, you can ask about it. And also, if someone is hesitant or a little bit shy to, to say the details, it's because this bias that we're talking about right now comes into play so often that people will feel judged even if they're honest. And so they may be a little mm. bit shy or a little bit less on words in the beginning. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello, Molly, and Happy New Year. It is. Listeners, it'll be like mid-February, so they're like over the Happy New Year stuff. But for us, it's our first time actually even talking to each other. I know. We haven't like actually talked to each other. Well, you look rested. Thanks. You do as well. I'm wearing the same workout pants I wore yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Great. I am not. I'm wearing newly cleaned ones. Thank you. Do you have any resolutions that you're working on or what came up for you? Did you even have time to reflect? I feel like you were a little busy. I don't make resolutions. I reflect in real time. I will say this. I'm a Libra. And the horoscopes for me look great. Going into 2024. That's great. Will it be good for me because I'm so close with you? And specifically, a lot of it has to do with business. Fuck yeah, it does. Get ready, lady. My astrological sign is going to bring all the prosperity. Oh, we need to do this. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the pattern app? I can't believe I haven't talked to you about this. Wait, I can't look at my phone right now. Yes, I think I used to have it downloaded because I think someone I worked with used it and was talking about it a few years ago. You need to re-download it and then we need to do our bond to see how we work together. I bet it's a good one. I bet so too. It has to be. You are my favorite person that I don't, (laughs) if it doesn't. Mine is same. So it has to be or we will totally prove that it's wrong. That's true. (laughs) It's wrong. That's hilarious. I kind of look at resolutions now as just like habits that I want to change. Instead of one of my resolutions, I organized my shoe closet and I want to keep it organized. So far, I'm on day three and it is still organized, but I have this terrible habit of walking in the front door, kicking off my shoes and just kicking it into the closet. And then it's just a cluster F. I've done it my whole life. So if my mom ever listens to the show, she can confirm that it's something she's nagged at me about. And so I'm really trying to fix that. Then also what keeps coming up is simplicity. Instead of adding things, how do we remove things? I'm all about simplicity. All about it. Love it. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Simplicity doesn't necessarily mean there's not a lot or things aren't complex, but it's the approach to the things that you have. And I kind of want to use it as a decision-making filter. Whenever I'm trying to decide on what to buy or what to do or what to implement, what to build in the business, is this the simplest way we can execute it? And does this make things easier or more complicated? I just think it's a good decision-making filter that I want to take on because you know me, I like to overcomplicate things. Yeah, you do. What's top of mind from some of the client stuff that you've been helping with over the last maybe week or even before we went on little Christmas break? Yeah, I think I had an interesting conversation, I guess a week or so before the holiday break with a client that 
was regarding a candidate who had taken time off between jobs. And there was the dream. And there was a lot of discussion around how certain people in the conversation thought that was a bad look. That was a bad thing. No one should ever be taking time off between jobs. They took it as like a metric against the person's motivation Hmm. and drive, which let's be very clear, it is not. Well, it could be. But the break itself is not indicative of that. The break itself is not indicative of that. And also, people have ups and downs in life, too. And even if they are in a period of, I don't have a lot of motivation right now, there might be other things maybe they need to work on. Maybe there's things in their life they need to see through to have a free head to be able to do what they need to do next. Would you say if it was a sign of somebody's lack of motivation, it would be accompanied by other indicators? Absolutely. If it's a sign of somebody's lack of motivation, they wouldn't be interviewing with me. Because you're such a good interviewer? They wouldn't accept the interview or they would and they would reschedule multiple times or they would push things out or they wouldn't be available or they'd ask for more time. There's going to be all kinds of indicators like that. Oh, it's so true. Not in the headspace, which was not at all the case in this situation. But I think that there's a lot in our culture that this like hustle culture is you always have to be doing stuff. You always have to be doing something. And I say this as someone who was always doing something. Like I always had a full-time job and I had other things I was pursuing and I was working 18 hours a day for most of my life at different things and doing all these different things. You're still saying it as somebody who's basically running a business. Yes, exactly. Yes. Also that running a business and still it's not an indication of that. People have different reasons and motivations to take time off. Some are, they burned out at their last job and somebody burning out here. I'm going to go on a little tirade. Somebody experiencing burnout is not a flaw in that person. And I think that's another thing I've heard over the years in hiring is that, well, if someone burns out, they're not going to do a job here. No, that is not a flaw in that person. That is an experience they're going through that they're now having to learn about, regroup, and recover from. Well, can I jump in for a second? Because I feel like if you're interviewing somebody, it's okay. Then what do you do if somebody says they're experiencing burnout? Like you can ask what was going on. I think, and I'm curious your thoughts, that the best thing to do is understand what they've learned about that experience. Exactly. Because that's what it's about. Yeah. When when you experience burnout, and I have experienced burnout, it teaches you what your limits are. It teaches you what you're really good at. It teaches you what you don't have the tolerance for. And it makes you so much more aware of the type of work you can do and how you want to do it and how you best execute the work that you need to get done. Right. And if you're listening to the show and maybe you are experiencing burnout and interviewing for a job. Yeah. And somebody says, what have you learned? Don't say I've learned to say no more. That is the most annoying answer. It is an annoying answer. A better answer is I've learned to manage up better. I've learned how to be proactive and giving people what they need so that it's not so reactive. Simply saying I've learned to set boundaries and saying no is I don't think a good answer personally. You might believe it for yourself, but there's other things you have to do in order to be able to say no and focus on those things. It's one of those things where it is, I think, very important to know for yourself and no is a full sentence and you can say no. But when you are in a business setting, when you are working within a team, no creates a new problem you need the solution. You need the managing up better. You need the, I'm good at this. Here's the plan of how I can execute on this part and where I'll need help on this part. 
that's what you need to showcase in an interview because you're part of a team when you're interviewing. So it's not just about you. It's about how your work and what you do affects everyone around you. So this wasn't even what happened in this situation where this conversation originally came up, but it's in the zeitgeist. It's in the zeitgeist. And I think everyone's experiencing a lot of burnout, not just from work, but from life, from the world. There's a lot of things going on. It's just hard. Things are harder than they normally are. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, so take time off if you need it. You can afford it and it's okay. And it's not an indicator of how good of an employee someone's going to be at all. No. No, not at all. This is related. I was working with a client. This was years ago. They thought because she was wearing a name brand shirt or necklace, high end. So high end, I couldn't even tell you what the brand was. Like fancier than Chanel, if that's even a thing, or maybe on the same. And after the interview, the person was like, I just don't know how committed they're going to be. They were wearing blah, 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 blah. Was this when we worked together? No. Okay. No, but I bet I know who you... Okay. <laughs> Wait, I feel like it happened there did, too. This it was, did, but I think it was not the clothes or it was like the ensemble. I think it was a purse. Maybe it was a purse. Yeah. Anyway. Are you talking about the sales leader thinking that? Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. That happened there too. But no, this was after that when we did okay. not work together. And it was a client that I had who I was filling a job for and they did a video interview. And I was like, there's so many ways I could take this, but I'm not going to. I have a Chanel purse. And guess what? It was gifted to me. So I did yeah. not purchase this. Somebody's clothes, whether they're high end or whether they're from Goodwill are zero indication on whether they are good at their job or if they're going to be a good employee or committed, is zero to do. It's an interesting conversation around how your bias does creep in. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It, it's exactly what it is. And I think in the conversation I had, there was some bias there because this person is very like work, work all the time, hustle all the time, couldn't imagine taking time off, which is probably an indicator that person needs some time off. But yeah. Yes, I would agree. It's definitely a bias. There. Lesson for listeners. If you're interviewing somebody and they have a gap in their employment, you can ask about it. I know some people are like, can I ask about this? You can totally ask about it. I was going to say, you can ask about it. And also, if someone is hesitant or a little bit shy to, to say the details, it's because this bias that we're talking about right now comes into play so often that people will feel judged even if they're honest. And so they may be a little mm. bit shy or a little bit less on words in the beginning to share that experience. It depends on the person, the personality. But that also just know that it's because this bias is out there and someone who's interviewing for the job, you have the power in the interview. They are the person trying to get the job. So remember that and create an environment where they feel comfortable just telling the truth. To acknowledge, huh, this is a bias that's not proven with facts. Mm -hmm. What else has happened? What's my experience with them thus far? And did I miss any flags that could prove this to be true. That's a slippery slope because you're going to find what you look for, right? You right. could probably go back and make stuff up. But the reality is this is part of the process. So if that question comes up, I urge you to actually take a step back and be like, okay, is this actually true? What else could indicate that? Or if you're really worried about it, have another conversation with them. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I'm dealing with, or dealing, that sounds so negative. I don't mean it that way. I'm helping a client transition from a accrued time off policy to an unlimited time off policy. And I thought it could be interesting to chat through that. It's an interesting process. 
Now, a lot of listeners to the show may or may not even have time off policies implemented in their business. Actually, I did a whole podcast episode on this at one point, but basically accrued time off is where basically you're allotting so much time off, paid time off, paid vacation for the year. It's usually standard to have two weeks, 80 hours. And you can either grant it to a person on their first day, on their anniversary day, or at the beginning of the year, or you could have them earn it throughout the year on each paycheck. You would determine how much is earned on every paycheck depending on how many pay periods you have and how much they work. It used to be fairly standard, right? Wasn't accrued time off like the main thing people did? Yeah. I think that's what I've had almost everywhere aside from unlimited. And in some states, that vacation or PTO, so the difference between vacation and PTO, PTO is just like, it's paid time off. It's generic where you can use that time off for if you're sick, if you need vacation or what have you. Vacation, if you have it where you have broken down vacation and sick leave is used for when you're sick, vacations used for other things, right? Mm-hmm. There's pros and cons and reasons why you might want to break those out. And state rules and laws and stuff that might make you have to break them out. Yes. And there's, I think I looked it up. I think it was yesterday. I think there's six states that considered earned vacation or PTO as income earned, meaning once they have it, you have to pay them out for it when they leave the company. Like it can't just go away. And, And honestly, that's like the right thing to do, to be honest, yeah. in general. But yeah. that's another conversation for another time. That would be a good conversation. So that's nice in that people know how much time they're getting off, how much time they're taking off. It just makes it very like cut and dry. When everybody gets 80 hours, it's easy. Now, you'll hear all the rage of moving to unlimited PTO and all of that, which has its benefits and drawbacks, which I won't go into why those are. But One of the financial advantages of that is it's not considered earned wages, so you don't have to pay it out when somebody leaves. That's not a reason why you should transfer to that. It is a reason why a lot of large tech companies transfer to it early on. It's not the reason you should do it. (laughs) It definitely does make it easier for sure, but also it makes it easier for the employee. Like For a lot of small businesses, There is not duplicate roles like where you go on vacation and there's somebody to cover stuff that comes in. So what then ends up happening is people have to log on and respond to an email for 30 minutes or do something, right? Not all the time, but often. And so then what happens? Hey, I had to work for 30 minutes. I want that time off back. And I say that in an annoying voice because it's annoying. I also understand where they're coming from. And so when you have unlimited PTO, it allows you to treat your team as like adults and be like, look, you might have to log on to do something here and there, but we trust that you'll get your work done and you can take time off when you need it. All that to say, If you already have a policy in place and you're transitioning to unlimited PTO, you're going to want to check your state to see if you are required to pay that out as earned wages. This particular client has states that they're fully remote. They have some people working in states that don't require it, some people that do require it. Our handbook says we pay out PTO. So that's another thing. If your policies say something, you also want to look at that. And so what we are doing is we are transitioning very shortly and we're going to run a report of what their balances are and hold it in a bank 
so that they're paid out when they leave the company. You can either pay it out when you transition over or that's what we did at Lumi when they leave. I worked at a place that it was not my decision to do it this way. The decision was made when moving to Unlimited that everybody who had paid time off had accrued already when the policy switched had to use that first. So I had to manually track time off. In the system, uh, I think it was Gusto we were using, it was a lot of work. Yeah, no, I don't feel like doing that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Again, was that my decision, but I got to execute it. I didn't even offer it as an option. I think that's risky to do it that way, to be honest. I, I agree. So be a go all cowboy and just decide to make this change and delete everyone's PTO. At least look into that to see if you have to pay it out. Yep. And it's in the scheme of your business, a small expense to give employees a more flexible policy. It's the treating like adults is something I've always found to be very important in a business. Treat your employees like adults. This is in high school. Yeah. I wrote about so. that in the email today that you didn't edit for me. I didn't edit it in time. Sorry. If there's any typos in the email today, now you know. I was left <laughs> to my own. I had to edit it myself. No, but I wrote about that actually in the email about how you create policies that are so strict and try to cover every potential issue. So you're basically like writing a policy to like the worst employee, like the lowest common denominator, which is usually not even the case. You try to cover every potential thing when really I think you should default to fewer rules. I agree. And then if somebody is not using good judgment, is not being reasonable, what a great coaching moment for you as a boss to build rapport and trust with your team. I agree. Then to be like, yo, that $500 bottle of champagne. Do you remember? When Don't expense that. Yeah. We're not profitable yet. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners had fun listening to this one. I think this is a good one. I think so. Let us yeah. know. Do you like these? Do you want us to change these? And don't let us know. Okay. Say in a kind <laughs> way. You can be direct. Constructive. But direct, but constructive. Include what you would like to hear more of. Examples of what you dislike. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to share something with you. If you're a small business owner looking to build your dream team hassle-free, keep listening. Or maybe you have fellow entrepreneur friends who keep struggling with making the right hires on their team. I just wanted to take a second to remind you that my team over at People Principles offers high level, what I would say the best headhunting recruiting services in the market. We take the guesswork out of finding the perfect candidates for your team. We help you set up your hiring process, creating interview guides and an interview flow for you. And then we go out and find the best people to fill your open jobs so that you can focus on growing your business. We understand that as a small business, every hire matters. And that's why we're here to help you make the right choices. Check out our recruiting services over at peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting. Let's take your team to the next level.